0: Welcome back, everyone. This is the Fitness Reborn Podcast. I'm the host, Sean. And this morning, my guest is Kelly Howard. Kelly is a fitness consistency expert, the author of Fit, Active, and Ageless for Life. She's a podcaster, an entrepreneur, and an avid adventure enthusiast. Um, One only needs to look at her website to see that is not debatable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 everywhere. It's on there. And it's, um, I think it's part and parcel with her general message that she has for all of us. So Kelly, thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, thank you, Sean. I'm excited to be here.
0: Oh, yeah. So uh, the website itself, um, the handle is Fit is Freedom. So I think that probably uh, tells us a lot about your philosophy towards life and fitness right there. But we never want to assume here. We always want to ask and find out. So explain fit is freedom.
1: Sure. Um, well, I guess I should really tell you that initially it was called Angel Tiger Fit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> that's because I used to have this recurring dream about this tiger with wings. I was like, well, that's what I should name my company after. I saw, I saw that on
0: the website, too. And I thought that was a, Yeah, I'm going to ask you about that later. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you know, that was it. And then I had friends that were like, you know, Cal, love the tiger. Don't get the message. And I went, okay, you're right. (laughs) I I get it. So I I came back and I dialed it back and I went like, what does fitness really mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's such a big, huge word, right? Like some people think it means let's lose weight. Some people think, you know, let's lift weights. It's just all this stuff. And to me, it means that if we're healthy and fit, we can do all the things that we want to do. We can do the things that we love we can do the thing we can take care of the people we love we can do all of that but when we're not feeling it man you know life is kind of dismal i guess would be the word so that's where it came from okay
2: gotcha well
0: um yeah i think you're probably right the idea of fitness and being fit differs from one person to another um but yeah what's interesting about way you've defined it, and the way you present yourself to and the how you live your life is that it is a um it's a sense of constant adventure yeah and i and I feel like that's probably what helps keep it alive for you and it, it's definitely what helps keeps keeps it alive for me this idea of being fit and what being fit really means in practical purposes is exercise activity right things you know things like that. Um, beyond just the ethereal definitions of like, it's freedom, you know? <laughs> but, you know, well, it is, it is that, but it's also the work and the grind, right? So, Absolutely. But, but you have a, a way of approaching that, that doesn't make it feel like such a monotonous kind of existence.
1: I found that it's, it's interesting, like different people can do different things, right? Like you and I, we probably can just like, we can go into a gym and we can just do it. Mm -hmm. because it's who we are, Mm. but that's not everybody, right? Like for a lot of people, it's like, Oh, I don't know. You know, that sounds like a lot of work. So I've always thought that if you give them that carrot, like a perfect carrot is we just came back from, um, or I just came back from Costa Rica, took a group there. um, And, and I warned them. I said, straight up, if you don't do this, if you don't do what you need to do, before you go, you're going to be sorry. <laughs> and it was it was a tough trip, actually. Um, the person who put it on for me is like, wow, we've never put on a trip that hard. But hard being, hard hikes, r- rafting, you know, rappelling, doing all the things, right?
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: nobody came back the person they left there. They were all different because they had just achieved something they never thought they could do. And a lot of people just don't realize what they can actually do. Until they try it.
2: So what was
0: the purpose of the Costa Rican trip? Was it just like uh, it was a, you know, let's get out and do something pretty cool? Or was there kind of like a, a bigger, uh, grander message behind it?
1: Well, for that one, it was like Kelly wants to go back to Costa Rica. Who wants no. to
0: go <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't blame you. I, I've never been. I want to go. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got
1: to go. You got to go. You'll love it. <laughs> Some of our retreats, you know, some of them have a grander message, but a lot of them are just like, Hey, you know what? You two can keep up, but you gotta, you gotta do what you need to do now to be able Mm -hmm. to do everything that you want to do.
0: So what do you do on your retreats?
1: So they all vary a little bit, but Mm -hmm. usually there's some kayaking or rafting. There's some hiking, usually a lot of hiking. Um, Some of them are bicycling trips, a lot of them have yoga involved. They mm. have um, massage, of course, because everybody wants massage and good food. So, mm. you know, it's kind of like looking at life as what happens when you make it into an adventure.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, is this the, the part of the retreats?
0: Is this part of something that you generally offer with your clients here? Um, or I guess I should generally ask, like, what, what is it do you provide for your clients here? Yeah. If, we were, just talk, if we we're just talking like just daily stuff.
1: Okay, good question. So I am not a personal trainer. Okay. That's not what I do. Um, what I do do though is I work with people, mostly women, and mm-hmm. we figure out what is it that you really want to be able to do. And given that, what do we need to do to get you there? So I bring in other people, you know, maybe I bring in personal trainers, maybe I bring in weight loss coaches, um, whatever it takes, we create accountability. And we put together a program where it's like, okay, Sean, what do you want to do in six months? Where do you want to be? And how do we get you there? Because sometimes people people will say to me, oh, I don't want to do this, or I don't want to do that. And my belief is that you don't have to do specific things. You just have to do the right things, which basically is resistance, mm. um, cardio, and then mobility.
0: So you're not a personal trainer, but what you are is like a facilitator.
1: Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Okay. Yeah. And, and that. you know, a cheerleader, believe it or not. Like I was the last person to be a cheerleader in, in the, my <laughs> world. But yeah, I'm a cheerleader. <laughs>
0: What brought around that idea I mean, Because a lot of people will say, well, I want to be in the fitness space. I want to be in the motivation, the wellness space. So well, I'll, I'll get my personal trainer certification and then I'll work with clients. That's, you know, that's what I did. I, you know, I got the bug and well, I've been active on pretty much all my life. I got the bug and I said, let's, let's make this official. Let's get the certification and then actually go out and do it. But you, uh, you didn't do that. You kind of took a different approach.
1: No, I So my whole life has been like starting and selling companies. Mm -hmm. That's what I've always done. And my last company was an outdoor adventure club company, outdoor adventure membership. And when I was just selling that company, I was just at that point where I needed to sell it. Um, And I got up one day or I couldn't get up one day. I was in so much pain. Like I literally like crawled to the bathroom, crawled back to the bed and did a little reassessment (laughs) and the reassessment was I had reached a point in life where I was thinking that I could still just dial it in, right? Like I could work my butt off all week long, 50 hours, 60 hours, and then go out and, you know, do weekend wear. And my body was like, can't get away with that anymore. Cal just can't do it. What that made me start thinking was that I knew everybody who was doing that. Like all the people who were in, you know, own their own business space. Mm-hmm. They were almost all doing the same thing and just work, work, work and hoping, hoping that body was going to hold together until they retired or whatever they did. Right? right. And and so I thought, well, it's really not. It's a it's a mind piece. It's a mindset piece more than anything. So if I can get people to start looking at their fitness as part of them, mm-hmm. you know. Not just like, let's see how far our bodies can go before we can't do it anymore. Because I was what I used to call a fitness flipper. I would do triathlons until all of a sudden um, something would kick up and I couldn't run. So then I would start, you know, I would flip over and start doing the kayaking. And, you know, I was constantly doing this because I was always trying to find that next thing my body would put up with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I would. what if we just looked at everybody in one piece, like as a whole? and figured out what's holding you back because a lot of times you mentioned the word motivation right a lot of people say oh i'm not motivated it's not true um motivation is a learned skill it's not something we're born with Mm -hmm. so when we learn how to motivate people properly and get them doing the right things get them to the right trainer get them to the right food etc things just shift it's huge Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that word motivation it's you know kind of taken on it's kind of used as like almost like an obscenity these days you know it's right. like, well, you know no one wants to say the word motivation now the the dominant word now is discipline you know i don't know if you you listen to jocko willink at all or if you know yep. even know of him you know discipline is freedom thing there's that word freedom right um you know almost like there's a suggestion that people are not people are shackled in some ways so we're we're now really emphasizing this idea this concept of being free of not being um defined in any other way other than your own definition of yourself there um but it's a motivation it's not i still use it and i think it's a perfectly fine word in my own in my own take on it's like well there's a place for motivation there's a place for discipline um you need the motivation to get the discipline you can't just go straight to discipline right you know it's you need the jumping you need the jumping off point that is motivation now discipline has to take over because motivation will not sustain but it's the fuel at least they get you there that's Um, exactly
1: right man yeah
0: yeah yeah and it's just i I never saw it as a dirty word and i never saw it as a you know kind of like a you know flim flam kind of uh kind of (laughs) word that people uh use it uh in today's world but um I guess uh, I guess uh, motivation for you has never been much of an issue um, because you just told me that you spent your life building a company and selling company and starting all over again. So you pretty much like to revert back to zero again and again.
1: Yeah, that is that is sad, but true. (laughs) (laughs) I never think I'm going back to zero, but I always do. Um, Yeah, motivation is one of those things like, I mean, I come up with games to play with myself, to keep myself motivated. Yeah. Right. Because there are days I wake up and I'm just like, so over this. I'm not Mm -hmm. doing it. And then, you know, you just have to go, okay, well, Cal, this is one of my motivations is like, okay, you can just give up. But first, just do this one thing.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. (laughs) You do that one thing and then you don't give up. (laughs) Um, So it's, I will tell you that I've never had a problem with motivation, but I had this serious problem with um, scheduling. I guess is what I'm going to call it. Like like putting, putting a tight schedule on my actions, life, everything I was doing. I used to think that that was the antithesis of freedom. Like if I had to have a schedule around what I was doing, then I really wasn't living a free life. Finally, I don't know when, let's call it 15 years ago. Finally, it hit me that by having that tight schedule. And when I say tight schedule, I don't mean like, you know, Every fifteen minutes, but having a very regiment regimented um this is what you have to do today kind of thing mm-hmm. it suddenly made me realize that that was one of my big steps to freedom because then i got I was able to tick off the things that mattered mm-hmm. and and one of them that was a motivator for me really is is that learning that and really applying it?
2: Have you always
0: kind of been this way too, like even back in your uh, younger years your your childhood. <laughs>
1: Yeah, kind I've of the, always been this way. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So was this kind of? Uh, I mean, I guess well, my bigger question is: is like, well, what was life for you when you were coming, when you were growing up? So it seems like I did notice also a story in your uh, or a little snippet in your website about a pony that you wanted when you were a kid, right? And you, you, I guess you managed to talk your mom into buying that pony, which. Um, if that doesn't foreshadow a life of <laughs> a life of motivation and entrepreneurship and salesmanship, I don't know what is. You talk your mother at eight years old into buying this pony.
1: Into buying uh, pony, but the trick was was that I had to agree to um, to clean the stalls, with right. all the horses. So every day, like I mean, every day, twice a day, I was over there. Cleaning stalls and feeding <laughs> horses, but well, that's tired. only
0: fair, I suppose. That's only fair, right? I suppose, if I'm going to buy the thing, you're going to take care of it. So exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Did you get? Did you end up getting more ponies after that, or more animals? No, she's no?
1: the only one I had, and it's funny because I thought about I thought of something lately. One of my friends said, um, "What would your eight-year-old self be disappointed in?" And yeah. I went, well, <laughs> the fact that I don't have a horse. I have credit card. I have money. I don't have a horse. She'd be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but I never <laughs> did get another horse.
0: <laughs> so let's, uh, let's go into the, that's inter- Let's go into the dream about the tiger and the wings. Um, now that's interesting. A, a Freudian would probably go all day on something like that.
2: Right. Um, but
0: a wing, <laughs> a winged tiger, a winged tiger with blue and black stripes is what I you know, like. Yeah. Blue and gray stripes oh, man, or something. you
1: really you found you found the nuances in that website.
0: <laughs> yeah, I re, I really did. I looked into the about section there, and you know, it was uh, easy to go through because you didn't like publish a novel, which is what a lot of people like. It's like, uh, it's like. Come on, man. I don't need to know every little detail about your life to just know something about you. But either way, I'm digressing. The, uh, the 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 uh, tiger with the wings. Um, I don't really know what to make of that, but I'm curious to, to hear what you think of yeah. a dream like that. And you've had it. It, it was a persistent dream too. Oh, it wasn't just. She it
1: still comes back.
0: Oh, okay. So, so it, wasn't, um, it can't can't be chalked up to like uh you know a weird you know eating something eating something pizza, weird a, p- a pizza before dinner or before bedtime or something like that. No, it happened again and again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's so true, and and it's funny because I I think it started because I've always wanted to run, like I've always wanted to be a runner. I am like a plow horse, literally. Like I'm the worst runner in the world. But in that dream, I would, that tiger would show up and we would run and run and run and run through the forest, through the woods, everywhere, right? And I think that's where it started. But afterwards, I just found that, I mean, this tiger would just show up in, in dreams and I'd be like, okay, well, let's go play. Um, probably shows up more when I'm not playing. When I catch myself like working too much and I'll notice that the dreams come back. Mm-hmm. And, and that's usually a sign to me to, to lighten up, go have some fun, do something different. And yeah, but still shows up at times.
0: When was it, when did you first remember having the dream?
1: Oh gosh, probably 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Probably 20 years ago. And and it was, it was funny because at that point we had a big sailboat um, and <laughs> this tiger would be on the <laughs> sailboat with me. I'd be like, well, that's random. <laughs> and then um, eventually uh, the running started. And so, yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: That's that's just very interesting. I'm still just trying to wrap my head around that. Um, but you say it's kind of like a, almost like a guardian angel in a way.
1: Probably. Probably because a it's... guardian tiger that tells me to get, quit working so much and start playing some more and yeah. some more. Okay.
0: And that's pretty much what you have, have you've built your life around is the idea of play, isn't it? It, it to, is. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So I think that that's important because this idea of play, this philosophy of having fun and playing does sustain you for a while and, you know, the way you you know you describe yourself you, you kind of go back and forth in and out of different modalities and different sorts of exercises. And you have this kind of adventurous spirit about it. Um, I've commented on this before on this program. It's like, I'm kind of the same way, although not exactly like that. But I do, I dabble with things, you know, again, you know, in different ways. I kind of retweak things and I kind of go in and out. I've kind of gone all over the fitness landscape in a way. I've done running, I've done biking, I've done, you know, strength training. I've done martial arts, yoga, um, just about almost anything, you name it done it at least for a little bit just to kind of see where i can actually what i can actually get out of it so i'm just that's where i kind of like where where i see like the uh utility of everything and trying to incorporate into something um that could be useful to me but
1: what are your favorites
0: favorites uh well the combat sports is favorite i mean um, so I did kickboxing for a while and, you know, I dabbled in boxing and, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like a, that's going to be a natural, a natural fit for somebody like me or somebody, anybody really, I mean, who doesn't like the idea of feeling powerful right? and feeling like you could cause harm to something, you know, if you wanted to, um, yeah. even if you really wouldn't, you know. Just the the playful atmosphere of it, I think, is very, very, not only great for fitness, but it's great for, it's a healthy ego
1: boost. I think it is. I think it's super. I actually boxed one winter and it was, I loved it. Like, I Mm -hmm. loved it. It was amazing. It was just like, you're right. It's like that feeling of powerful Mm -hmm. and ability. It's cool.
0: Right. And that's really what we come down, we come back to with all of the stuff we talk about is just the sense of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you typically find that there is a lack of empowerment with a lot of the people that come to you? I mean, because you've said that you work mainly with professionals, um, so people who are busy, um, people who have lots of responsibilities, and, and so therefore, you know, their own the responsibilities themselves kind of get lost in the mix because they were running businesses or running families or both, or what have you. Is there a general lack of, you know, for all the responsibilities I have and all the power I do have in so many different ways, I feel disempowered.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And you're right. It's like so many people give, um, give it away to everyone else.
2: Mm -hmm. Like,
1: take care of the families, take care of the work, take care of the kids, take care of the grandkids, take care of the nieces and nephews, and, you know, take care of everyone else. Yeah. And they never come back and say, how do I need to take care of myself? And if you take care of yourself first, then it's unlimited. But when you, when it's spread out to everybody else, you know, and and people, they have to take care of their parents when parents get older. I and mean, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just nonstop and, and it feels sometimes, um, I hear people say it feels selfish mm-hmm. to take care of themselves first. But to me, it's, if you don't take care of yourself first, then you just don't have anything to give. You run out of your power.
0: Yeah. You think this country in general, this country being the United States kind of makes that hard anyway? I mean, well, I mean, cause We're not, there are lots of uh, societies out there that make it a priority to take care of like elderly parents, you know, multi-generational houses are nothing new. Um, But I think, um, especially in the last uh, maybe 20 years or so, it's be multi-generational homes have become more and more common. Uh, We've kind of like, there was a time, a long stretch of time where it was like the idea, the American dream was to leave behind your family and go out on your own and establish your own life. And right. just kind of like, you know, kind of live in this own little orb of your own work of your own making. Um, but now it seems like it's going uh full circle and going back to um the multi-generational housing again. Um do you feel like the you know American society kind of makes that a bit harder to do?
1: I, I think it's in <laughs> I'm gonna say this, this may not be appropriate, but I'm gonna say okay. it. Sure. Uh you're right in that, let's say, um, I don't know, 50 years ago or whatever it was, the idea was to get away, right? Mm-hmm. And we were mainly a, you know, European white society. And now we are, we have become a much more, um, much more of a melting pot of people from all over the world living here. And it brings like, it brings those ideas. Like mm-hmm. my friends, I have friends who are like Asian friends who are um, Hispanic friends who are African-American, like all of these people. And they have this, um, this family, that's a tighter knit than like what I grew up with. Like for me, it was exactly what you said. Like you get out, you, you turn 18 and you're gone. Mm. Um, But these societies are different. And it's, it's, you know, if you go back to, like Blue Zones has become such a big thing right now. One of the things about that that it talks about in, is community, right? It's mm-hmm. family, community, and bringing that that family back together so that we've got people not just taking care of each other, but, like, really learning from each other. So I see that. I do see it's changing. Um, and I do see, like, when I was just in Costa Rica just now, um, One night I went down to a small, small village where there's maybe, I think there's, it's, it's a city. There's 500 people who live there, 526. And it was so interesting because we had a party Mm -hmm. and everyone was at the party. The kids were at the party. The grandparents were at the party. Everyone in between was at the party. We all danced together and it was, it was fun. I mean, it was cool. And everybody lives close to each other, if not, you know, together. So I think that is coming more full circle here in the States too.
0: Yeah. So how would you really put yourself first if you've got all these responsibilities and now we're becoming more of a uh, kind of a multi-generational society in a way? I don't want to overemphasize that. I think it's still very much what what you said, kind of like the, uh, again, maybe slightly inappropriate way of saying it, The kind of the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant idea of what the American life is right. um, <laughs> um but um how do you how do you say okay put the brakes on and say no 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 i got i gotta take this for myself here i'm sorry i can't help you with your homework i can't take you to your doctor's appointment i gotta i gotta put me first here how do you do that
1: yeah so that's a little tough so i i, I think it it comes to, to to two pieces to me one of them is that you have to schedule mm-hmm right? Like you just have to schedule. People, the number one thing that people are doing, and I'm going to call it incorrectly, but when they first come to me, they think that their fitness is just going to happen, right? Like maybe next week, it's just going to all come together. And it's not, you have to schedule because if it, if you don't, it's not real. And so you have to do that. And I don't have a lot of haves in my life, but that's a have to. Then. You also need to be willing to move things around, Uh, be willing to know that sometimes you have to restart, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, so my dog gets sick. I'm sorry. Everything comes off the table. The dog goes to the bed, right? So the next day, I flip my schedule around a little bit. I restart with a different thing. So you have to be flexible. Sometimes people get this feeling like if they're always restarting, that um they're that they're that they're losing right Mm -hmm. but but life happens i mean yeah yeah life's messy and and there are times in my life when i had been able to just nail that schedule like nobody's business but it's also times when i was living alone no dogs no cats (laughs) nobody around it was just me
2: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: So we go, we go back to this uh, problem with motivation and motivation coming from, or lack of motivation leads to lack of discipline. And so, you know, once that happens for long enough, then you end up do going back to square one. And then, so again, the problem, motivation rears its ugly head and then can't get going again. Um, But is that, is that pretty much a, a constant where you feel like, you know, or a constant where people come to you and they're just like. They don't know. They don't know where where to start, and they just can't. They just can't get going.
1: Yeah, and it it everybody has to do it their own way too. Mm-hmm. Like that is. I have people who come to me. They feel like they can't get started. They've been doing what I call the next week syndrome for the last five years. Next week I'll get started, and at the same time, it's different for everybody. Like I had a, a client who came to me about a year and a half ago. And she had just, she'd just retired. And I gave her, she said, I need a fitness program. I need, you know, I need to get in shape. That was the words. I need to get in shape. I need to lose weight, get in shape. So I was like, okay. I, we talk, we figure out her life. I said, okay, these are some of the things that you should probably be doing. And she got this petulant look on her face and she's like, oh no, oh no. I spent the last 45 years with someone telling me what to do. I'm going to, I'm, no. Like, I'll do a little bit of this when I feel like it. I'm like, okay. Uh, And, you know, we went back and forth for a couple of months. And finally, I just said, I said, you know what? I can't help you. I'm sorry. I really want to. But if you're not willing to just, like, say these three things I'm by gosh going to do, unless there's some major thing that stops me, then it's just not going to happen. And so she refused to leave. Now, what happened is that, She's figured out in her own world how she can do the things that she needs to do for fitness, not feel like she's got somebody telling her what to do, and at the same time also living her life super fully, which includes, you know, taking care of her husband who needs help and taking care of her mother who needs help and, and all the other stuff. So it's just a matter, I think, sometimes of prioritizing, like saying, okay, my fitness is my priority
2: mm-hmm.
1: and even if that sounds like totally awful <laughs> i don't think it <laughs> is i think your fitness has to be your priority because if it's not your priority then what's going to
2: happen um, right. yeah but you're also uh
0: dealing with behavioral modification there too and like you ran to it someone is. here who had a big aversion to being told what to do and You know, you could argue what's understandable after 45 years of being told what to do. But, you know, the difference here is that you can decide to not do it or not. You know, this is kind of something you've done on your own choosing there.
1: It Um, is. And I I like calling it habit shifting mm -hmm. because if I tell somebody they need to change their habits, they're like, oh, no, nope, forget that stuff. But if you're like, well, what if we shift these a little bit? And then you shift them a little bit more and then you shift them a little bit more. And then all of a sudden um, they're completely different and their habits are completely different.
0: Is there a point though, where the shifting becomes excessive, where it is like, well, you've taken a, you've taken a road uh, and now you've just jumped to another one and you've jumped to another one. You've jumped to another one. There's no, again, there's no consistency here. You're not really getting anywhere you're just kind of puttering in place because you can't make up your mind again we're going back to this problem of discipline right um so when should you change gears
1: Ooh. um i think you should change gears when you're not happy with your results that's fair right and if you're happy with your results or not even okay 80% that's my number if you're 80% happy with your results mm-hmm. great if you're ninety percent happy with your results, awesome. If you're a hundred percent happy with your results, you're probably not trying hard enough. So, really, we, but I I do think that, and that's not always true. There's a few of those outliers out there in the world, you know, who are always like on top and hitting it. But in general, when you find something that you're just like nonstop, one hundred percent, I got this thing. Do you, or is it just ease?
2: That's interesting,
0: uh, an inter- interesting way to put it there too, because again, you you want to keep that adventure spirit, right? So if, yeah, if you really are a hundred percent, absolutely satisfied with what you're doing, then maybe, maybe you are kind of, maybe you are kind of deluding yourself here. Maybe, right. or maybe yeah, yeah. If it's hundred percent satisfying, well, why is it a hundred percent satisfying? You know, are you actually uh, changing or are you actually getting newer results? Or is it just like an empty ego fix?
1: Right, right. Good way of putting it. <laughs> do
0: you run do you run into, do you run into people that are like that a lot too? Like they just say, Oh oh, I don't need to do all this. I am absolutely one hundred percent unequivocally happy with everything I am doing right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do run into that. And oftentimes, I mean the first question I ask is, then well, why are you here? Yeah. Right. Like, why are you here? I have a feeling that you're not 100 percent happy, that maybe those numbers you got from the doctor are worrying you. And you're just saying you're 100 percent happy because it just makes it easier.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've run into that, too. Like people who have signed up for personal training. They've signed up, you know, and it's not like it comes with with the gym membership. You have to buy it additionally. Right. (laughs) You've spent this money for a personal trainer and you're acting as if like your your life is perfectly fine or your life is just pristine as it is.
2: I'm just like
0: and you're here then why? (laughs) Why'd (laughs) why 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 would you spend all this money then to what, to just stand here and have a conversation with me, with someone you just met ten minutes ago? (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I don't get that. Yeah, people are really. Yeah, you know, but that, you 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 learn
2: to work with that because you 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 got. Well, let me let me say this. You have to learn how to. Um, you have to learn
0: about people and human nature, and seeing through the bull. I mean that might be an easy, an easy uh, kind of example of saying BS. <laughs> Otherwise, I, you wouldn't be here. But people find all sorts of clever ways to kind of throw you off the scent here when they tell you things that you know are not true. Right. Or, you know, that might de- look deceptively true, but are not. Now, how do you spot something like that when people come to you with things that you, you just know are not really the case?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's asking that question again and again like and mm-hmm. why <laughs> and and really okay and and why that and if you can keep it's the it's the onion question is what i call it and if you can keep getting below the whys eventually mm-hmm. you hit the nerve that triggered the action um but it, sometimes it's it's a little bit of a dig
0: Has there ever been a time where you couldn't, like, you couldn't? You said this person, that this retired person, you said that resisted you at first. They eventually did come around. Right? She did. She did. So you you um, ever had a? You ever had a time where they just, you just couldn't break through to them at all?
1: Oh yeah, I have. <laughs> I have a client right now who, um, we we have this conversation all the time. We have the conversation. She gets it. She's um, she's probably sixty, so she's at that point where. You can't just do cardio. You just can't. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're, especially if woman, your, your body just doesn't, it, it just chews up the muscle. Right. Mm -hmm. But every time we have the conversation of, well, what are you going to do to, you know, add a little resistance to this? It's like, it's what I call the resistance to resistance. She's like, Nope. Um, tennis, pickleball, what else? Hiking. I can't think of what else she does. She just does it all, right? Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's building muscle. And and I'm just like, but it's not.
2: What's her resistance for its resistance training? Ah, yeah, <laughs>
1: I think what it is. I mean, and this is my guess. Um, it's, I have a way of attracting people who are addicted to cardio. Like I am, like, I mean, I am, I know it. So I have to always watch myself and you know, kind of like mix it in. It's my, it's my bonus. Mm-hmm. It's not my done. But I think that for those of us who grew up doing a lot of cardio and it worked, right? You could, you could do at 30, even 40. You could do a ton of cardio. You could be in great shape. Um, I'm one of those people who's always been very fortunate because I just put on muscle. So it just all stuck, right? And I think that what happens is that there's that point there where all of a sudden your body shifts and you're not going to be able to get away with that. I mean, I have not just women. I have guy friends watching the same thing. I'm like, I'm like, hey, did you notice that your legs have gotten kind of scrawny? <laughs> like, I mean, what else do you say? <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's okay. I'm running. I feel great. But it's not working, right? Deep down. We need the muscle. So I think that's what happens is that we just get addicted to it and it always worked before, and it was what we love to do. So why need something else? It's the same thing with mobility too. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, people think that they're just going to be able to get up and, and do their stuff every day for the rest of their life without doing something for their joints. And it usually doesn't work.
0: Would you say now that uh strength training at this point in your life strength training was more important than the cardio?
1: It is. It is. So I did I did the interesting slash dumb thing um when COVID started. Mm-hmm. So I've been I've been fortunate. Like my whole life I went to the gym. Like I was the person lifting weights when there was there were no other women in the weightlifting section. And so, you know, it's a long time ago. And when COVID came, our gym shut down. I was feeling that, you know, overwhelming stress that everybody else in the world was feeling. And so I just started riding my bike for hours, four or five hours. I'd go hit the, hit the hiking for all of those. And what I saw was I finally got lucky, maybe six months in and my brain came back and I went, you're just like, you're losing muscle, like nobody's business. Uh, so not that I, not that I corrected it immediately. I I will not say that I corrected it immediately, but what I did do is after about a year, I went, okay, Kel, you got to get your act together. And your most important thing right now is muscle Mm -hmm. because I mean, the science, right? The science is out there. It shows you that you need it for your brain, right? People without people with less muscle can't multitask. I don't think any of us should multitask, but like your ability to multitask goes to goes away when you have no muscle. And I see it like I see it in people that I work with and in and not even multitask, test, test switching. Um, I watch that. And, you know, there's everything that we need is in muscle building. I mean Everything. Um, So, yeah, I would say that it is the most important thing that I do now.
0: And not just like an brain function too. But if you want to just even simplify it more, this is like, well, just think about turning the handle on the knob on a door. You don't have enough, you don't have enough muscle or strength to do that. Uh, oh, yeah. you're, you'll find it very hard to get in and out of rooms and get in and out of your house or get really do anything. So it can really affect even that. And now they've even found that grip strength is a great indicator on how well you're going to age or even how closely and how, how close to death you actually are. They're now, I think they're using grip strength to actually compile actuarial tables.
1: Now. Whoa, really? I did not know that.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but I do know that grip strength or lack thereof is closely related to mortality.
1: So um, I have a question about that. When mm. you have um, grip strength, like let's say you've got those, those gripper things that you, mm-hmm. you work on your, strength in your hands. Is that just strengthening your hands or is that helping with your mortality? Or do, or do you know? You know I, mean? I, don't,
0: I, I don't really know. I don't, I've had those before and, you know, I've used them occasionally. I never got big into it. I couldn't just like sit there, and watch TV and just pump my hands right. <laughs> for, you know, <laughs> hundreds of reps and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, I have to think that it's not doing you any harm. Um, but I don't think on that on its own is enough. I think you, I it's, think, it's uh,
1: overall, yeah, yeah
0: right. It, it's, it's overall. I think strength is, um, universal. It's not localized.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. That's you a good way of putting it.
0: Yeah, you, know, you can't be s- strong. You can't really be strong and say your hands, and then be weak in your legs and say, I'm perfectly healthy, I'm gonna live right? to be under. Okay.
1: Good way of no, putting
0: that. That that doesn't that doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um but um but yeah, you're right. Uh you can actually get just about everything you possibly need from greater strength, even cardiovascular fitness, if you work out hard enough. Now right. the key word there is hard, you know. Yeah. So so you can't you can't do like an easy day at, at the weights and just call it you can't do an easy uh, session at the weights call of the day and say, okay, that was good for my heart. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, Cause you, you know, you see people doing stuff like that. They're at the weights and they're just kind of like, they're almost like they're flopping them, around, flopping them like, around. And then you see the other side of it or people are picking up stuff that is too hard for them to actually do anything proper with. And they're not, they're not doing themselves any favor with that either. So you yeah. want to find a healthy medium, right? Do, oh, well, right? That's
1: why they need, you know, that's why we need people like you who actually know, mm. right? Because a lot of people right. don't know. And, and and I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to judge, but <laughs> I will watch people at the gym and go, Oh man, I'd sure like to say something to that person, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> some some of the things you see is just downright dangerous too. Yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm the type of person I like to, I like to go in quick spurts, quick, hard spurts. You know, I don't like to drag it out. I don't, these days, especially, I don't like to be there an hour, two hours. I was that type of person. I was there an hour and a half, two hours, and I don't anymore. I, I see no attraction in that for me. Um, but that's kind of what a lot of people tend to walk away thinking. It's like, you've got to devote two hours of your life. Six seven days a week to being in the gym. If this is the life that you actually want, if this is how you really want to uh, better your fitness, um, where do you stand on that?
1: Well, I have a lot going on. So,
0: mm-hmm. and so I, do most people.
1: <laughs> I want to. I want to be as effective as possible. Mm-hmm. And the gym is not my. It's not my social. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, there was probably a time when the gym was my social hour, but it's not now. So I'm in and out as quick as I can. Yeah.
0: So sweet and effective workouts, then right. that's your that's your thing, <laughs> that's your jam. That yeah.
1: is, that is.
0: No, I, I yeah, totally. I mean, I it's not as social for me either. I'll even say this: I don't even have a gym membership really I don't um you know during COVID I kind of I had it and I got rid of it because it was COVID and I was like okay you know I don't need to I don't need to spend $50 a month to go to a gym that's gonna you know put me in a taped off box and say work out in this space and nowhere else Oh yeah. (laughs) if it's even open at all but I was like "No, no no I'm not I'm not doing that um but even now and I guess now the what you might call the post covid world um if we're calling it that um i don't even have one i do everything at home
1: most of what i do is at home yeah i mean i'm i'm set up now at home so it's a whole lot easier and where i live it's really strange i mean it's to any facility whatever i want to do it's mm. at least 20 minutes yeah often 30 minute drive and that's a drive not even a bike ride or something so yeah. It's, you know, I have to really want to go to that thing to do it. Yeah, And sometimes it's worth it to me. But usually, like, I can walk down the hall and and I've got everything I need in my room.
0: And and the beauty is of being at home is that you don't have to get dressed.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: (laughs) So you don't even have to get dressed. You know, I have all sorts of gym clothes now that I really just don't even wear anymore. I wear this normal wear now. (laughs) So... Um, but as far as like setting goals here, so um how where do people how should people set goals for themselves here? Where do they go wrong? how do they shoot themselves in the foot and how can they how can they yeah. set themselves up to actually thrive
1: okay um so for goals i'm not so sure like i'm not a big fan of the smart goal i'm really not no? something you know that's specific and measurable and time sensitive and all of that stuff because goals. We don't know, like if we haven't done something before, we don't know how long it's going to take. So a lot of times we pick this arbitrary number. So the arbitrary number is, let's say that I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, lose three inches in my waist and you know gain an inch in my arms in six months or three months. Usually it's a lot shorter, right? Three months. It's just a random arbitrary number. And my belief is that you need to know what you want. You need to be willing to do what, break it down, right? For me, goals are, okay, you know, I I would like to, um, I would like more muscle in my arms. That's like right now, that's something I want. So great, I can't give it a number. I can't give it a time range because I don't know how my body's gonna react to whatever it is I'm doing. But I can say, I want this. And then these are the steps, right? We all know the steps. But I think the piece that we miss a lot of times is, how is it going to feel? Because if we can get that feeling of what we want, how do you feel? Like, you know, is it strong? Do you feel, you know, like we talked earlier, powerful? Like, what is that emotion that comes from that goal that you have? When you can get to that, then it's a whole lot easier to achieve a goal the other piece to it is that you have to be infinitely patient (laughs) we don't want to be infinitely patient right like i want my results now i don't want (laughs) i don't want to be patient i am not a patient person (laughs) (laughs) i know that and i also always have to tell myself you know how will it feel what do you want write it down like so much we often um Overlook the power of just writing something down. And and this is, I mean, this is like science. We'll, we'll dive into science here. But it's shown that when people will just write down their goal, once a day, doesn't have to be a big deal. I think you should write down your goal and how it's going to make you feel. Because I think we have to get those emotions in. The possibility of you getting there is so much higher. And then you just have to be patient. You have to do what you need to do and just keep going. Did that answer your question or did I just like totally go off off base there?
0: No, you did. And uh, yeah, I know what you mean by the SMART goal. So, I mean, I off the top of my head, I can't remember, but I do know what you mean. It's like, it, you know, it's a, it's a way to teach people how to be uh, systematic in terms of how they should approach their goals here and to actually um, be pragmatic. And so I understand the reason for it. Um, but yeah, I think when you merge, yeah, like what your goal is, and writing it down is powerful. I journal every night, so and I'm not writing down goals necessarily. I'm just kind of like, um, just kind of like retelling my my day on um, right. paper and what's going Which through my huge. mind at, at at that time. Sometimes it's just something as simple as like, I'm tired. Good night. <laughs> right. I don't I don't want to write any more on this. Uh, <laughs> so that's a cop out in a way, but no, yeah, right.
1: but it's not. I think it's a fairness. <laughs> I think it's fair. Yeah,
0: it's, it's honest, right? You know. Yeah. So yeah, writing it down, um being infinitely patient, um that is hardest for everybody. I know it's hard for me. Um, you know, even when I know that I'm on the right course here, you know, I, you know, you want to see you want to see evidence that your results are We do. You want to see evidence your results pretty much right away and the crappy thing about being in fitness for so long is that you don't get the noob games, gains anymore. You know, right? Someone who doesn't work out then suddenly starts working out and starts dropping weight right away. Like you dropped ten pounds in one week just because you gave up pop.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's super and, exciting. <laughs>
0: and you, 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 uh, yeah, you limited, you, you cut bread in, consumption and alcohol consumption in half, and you gave up drinking soda. Uh, and now suddenly the scale says you're down 10 pounds in the first couple of weeks. <laughs> That's a huge yeah. motivator. And I'm glad that happens because that does keep people going. But when you've been at that for so long, it doesn't come anymore unless you do something way outside of what you've ever done. Right.
1: Right. Yes. So. It's incremental. And you've got to be accepting of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you do have to be methodical about it too. So I'm glad you yeah. brought up there the science of uh, the methodology behind a lot of it. But so the uh, the question in here is like, okay, so we get started here. How do we keep this fitness bug for life? Then,
2: ooh,
1: that's a good one. Um, okay, to me, the what what gets us there for life is to have what I call north stars. And north mm. stars are the things that get you excited right they 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 light you up they're the things that you want to be able to do they're the things that um would be like a huge stretch if you could um and they are the things that in everyday life matter, which could be as simple as like i have a I have a client whose husband suddenly became very ill
2: mm-hmm.
1: and she said, "You know what?" I've always thought that my fitness was how I look and all of a sudden I just realized that I need to be strong enough to be able to help him when he needs it, which is not a great motivator, but it's a true North star, right? So it's, it's finding those things that, that always bring you back on track because we do get off track. I mean, we're people, we just, Mm -hmm. you know, life happens and all of a sudden one day you wake up and you realize it's been a week or two weeks or even three weeks and you're off track what's going to bring you back and when you have those things that are going to bring you back and it could be could be anything it'd be like you know wanting to be able to take the kids and do cool things with them right i mean that's a big deal that's a big motivator for a lot of people and as people get older it's an even bigger motivator to be able to do things with the grandkids Uh because when you look around a lot of our society over let's call it 50 they can't do things
2: Uh
1: and so you know having those things and and you have to bring them back i mean you have to always come back to it. it could be like um being a role model for somebody my mother was my mother was an amazing woman like she was way outside her time. She was a fifth degree black belt when she, like in Taekwondo. She was a yoga instructor. She was about the size of my little finger. And her favorite thing was having the little kids be like, Oh, Master Joe, <laughs> show me how to do this or how to do that. And she loved it. And so it was it was her thing. And it's just finding those things that give you that spark.
0: You seem like someone that has a generally out a positive outlook on life.
2: <laughs> Is that I true?
1: I do. Sometimes people call me a little bit of Pollyanna. Um, I do. Like I think that I have my days, without a well, doubt. Sure, well, I sure. have my days. But yeah. in general, gosh, you know, there's just so much. There's so much. <laughs> I mean, you use the word fun to be had, right? Like mm-hmm. there's just so much going on in life, and and it's it's just interesting to me. People, the things we do the adventures we have, the play we get to do, I think it's all fun. And it it matters to me. I'm, I'm a much happier person when I'm positive. I do know that.
0: Have you always been this way or did you have to train yourself to be this way?
1: Ooh, good question. Um, I was probably the surliest teenager on the face of the earth. Without mm-hmm. a doubt. Um, but somewhere in my 20s, I just, I switched. And I don't know what did it, probably early 20s. Maybe it was just like, you know, hormones finally got back in order or something. But yeah, since then, I've been pretty, pretty positive about things. And I'm also, I, I, let me say this. This is a funny one. And this may not be, this may not say the best about me, but I'm also very, very careful what comes into my world. I don't watch news. I don't listen to news. I find, I know exactly what's going on in the world. There is no way around it. People are going to tell me what's happening. If something big is going on, I know it. But I turned off my news probably 30 years ago. And so and I'm very careful about what I read, what I watch. Like I do I do pay attention to what comes into my world.
2: Do you ever find people people are tell
0: you that's a self-deluded way to live?
1: Oh yeah. So yeah. you know what I do? I just don't hang out with them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's I it's it's important to kind of uh distinguish like maintaining your healthy your your mental health space and make a a, a distinction between that and just callous indifference
2: to what's going
1: on. Right? Right. Right. And it's not that I'm indifferent. Um, I'm really not. I I live in a city that gets hit by hurricanes. What do I do? You know, I stay here, I help people. I mean, I'm not indifferent at all. Um, But most things, really, I can't change them. Maybe that's it. Like, if I can't change something, then why am I going to worry about it? And... You know, if I can change something, I'm going to.
2: That's fair.
1: That's
0: very fair. Kelly, we have a closing tradition on the podcast. Okay. Where we, uh, or I have the guests give the last word here. So if you could leave people with one thing to remember and one thing only, what would you say it would
2: be?
1: I think we're going to have to go with fun. Have fun in life.
2: Have fun in life. There you go.
0: No more better way of saying it than that. I know I definitely don't have as much fun as I could be having. So take that to heart. Get find your fun where you can. Kelly Howard, thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it was a really fun conversation. And all the uh uh I don't know, I can't I can't really think if in the email if I got any social media links or anything like that, or if you even have social media accounts, um contact information, um I'll put that in the show notes where people can get a hold of you if they want to. Um, I always do that sort of thing, but um, yeah.
1: Okay. Thanks and again. if you want, um, this is something I always offer people if they would like. If you would like a free copy of the ebook for your clients or for your mm-hmm. listeners, I'll send mm-hmm. you a link and they can just download it for free.
0: For yeah. sure, I'll put it's, I'll put that in the show notes.
1: It's my book, but it's in ebook style. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: yeah. For sure. Yeah. Send it over, and I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. Link. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening. This is the Fitness Reborn Podcast. My guest today has been Kelly Howard.
2: My name, of course, is Sean. And I'll see you next time. Until then, train hard. Peace.